0: Welcome back to the DraftNut Podcast. It's Jared Feinberg and Devin Jackson, and we are your hosts for today's episode of the show. I don't know about y'all, but it's been hot outside. Absolutely scorching. Um, Right now, I'm wearing a tank top, a men's tank top outside, because if I'm wearing a regular shirt, I'm going to be sweating my ass off. Um, I'm also mentally preparing for both Game 6 of the the NBA Finals, which is on my TV right above me, and then Drake's new album comes out at midnight. If you're listening to this either Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, um, I'll probably be blasting Drake's new album in my ears all weekend long (laughs) because I'm a big Drake fan, so there's that. So, yeah. Good evening, Devin. How's the how's the heat treating you?
1: Yeah, it's hot, man. I mean, there's no way around it. It's uh getting into triple digits here and humid, so trying to stay out of the the heat as much as possible <clears throat> and uh trying to stay cool, man. But yes, it's the summer and there's there's no escaping it. Yeah. I mean, I, it,
0: I feel like it's probably going to be one of the hottest summers, in a minute. Honestly, but I mean this is kind of what you expect from a warming climate, a warming Earth. You know, I mean this is this is what you get. I mean, we we, us humans, we cause this shit. We cause this shit to happen. You know, Earth getting warmer, lakes drying up, droughts happening more consistently. It, I mean that that's just how it is right now. So. Anyways, so backing away from all the sad stuff, global warming, whatever. Let's talk about some summer scouting. Devin and I have been watching prospects for summer scouting. Um, I watched a few more prospects this week um, for my summer scouting edition for my football thoughts um, article, which comes out Friday afternoon. Um, so a few players I end up watching. One was probably the best player in college football last year. Another was an impactful, impactful defensive end for one of the bigger powers in college football right now. And, um, and also a linebacker who is also a a key contributor to one of those uh, powerhouses uh, defenses. So Devin, let's start with you. Um I know you want to talk about Devin Leary. He's your guy. He's been your guy probably since probably since 2020 when we first started this podcast when you know Devin Leary he ended up starting a few games in 2020, got hot. So Devin, let's talk about him. What do you like about Devin Leary? What does he do well? What does he need to work on?
1: Yeah, so uh Devin Leary from NC State. Um guy that that really jumped on the scene uh, in, in his brief starts in, in 2020 before he, he got hurt and uh, missed the mayor of the season. But every time he plays, NC State uh, you know, looks successful on offenses because he keeps them on schedule. Uh, he shows a, a, a ton of accuracy attacking the, the middle and, and corners of the field. Uh, arm strength really not an issue with him. I don't think he has, like, elite – arm strength or elite arm talent, but I think it's very uh, accurate. It's it's his his motion is, is very fluid. You know, there, he's one of those upright uh you know type of quarterbacks where you know, he's like six four, six five and he can see over the entire offensive line and uh, really has no issues delivering the football. Um mechanics wise, I think he, he he's pretty sound. His feet uh can, can flip and, and a change of instance, he can get his uh, hips turned around and, and deliver RPOs um, and quick throws, um, can, can make the long throws from uh, across the field with ease as well. I think I was most impressed with was his eye work. You know, he, he showed a, a, a nice level of moving safeties, a nice level of, um, you know, kind of surveying the defense, uh, using his ability to, um, you know, move the 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 deep safeties and and linebackers to to open up passing windows um and you know he every time he plays he's he's just a winner I think a lot of people remember a couple of the the big moments of the season like NC State taking down Clemson he made that terrific throw in overtime or I believe yeah it was overtime where he he had a a walk-off game winning touchdown pass you know he where he's like in the pocket he Pretty much goes through his entire progression and then hits the back of Enzo. I know it's a it's a sore spot for you. I know you know since they beat Clemson, but uh, that was a it was a beautiful throw. One of my favorite you're, throws you're, of the You're season.
0: killing me, man. You're killing me. You, you know I mean, that. You, I got, mean, you got a you got a
1: Clemson guy on deck here, so it's, it's all oh, right. last year sucked.
0: I mean, it was good for any other program, but like that that was not enjoyable. Pain but, every week. Uh, yeah.
1: Rough, Anyways. Rough. But uh but yeah, with, with Leary, you, you get a, a confident quarterback that you know is gonna deliver, you know, accurate pass. What, what I was most impressed with was you know his downfield, uh accuracy on deep balls. He did a nice job, uh, you know, showing some nice touch And and pushing the ball down the field, but also hitting the back shoulder throws. Him and Emeka Mezzi probably combined for at least 20, 25 back shoulder throws over the course of the season. And and he utilizes his big bodied uh, receivers as well. Things I want to see him kind of improve on. Um, I think his internal clock in his head needs to speed up a little bit. I think when, you know, the the first or second options aren't there for him, you know, he can get caught. You know, staring down receivers or or waiting for someone to get open. He's not very mobile either. Uh, He can create some out of structure, but a lot of his work Mm -hmm. is is from in the pocket. Um, And, you know, I I just want to see him handle and and step up into pockets a little bit cleaner too. Uh, There's a couple of times he tried to spin out of, um, you know, sacks or, or, you know, free blitzers, and he just couldn't get away because he was just not that type of athlete, you know. So, just from a passing perspective, I think he's, you know, I, I would at least put him in the conversation as a uh, a top five quarterback leaving the the summer scouting period in terms of consistency, you know, mechanics, accuracy. But I think overall as a quarterback in, in terms of what we look for in a modern game, I think he's a, he's a bit of a tweener. Like he's not going to beat you with his legs, uh, or you know his, his running ability, but he, he tries to be with his mind and accuracy and ability to deliver uh, passes on time and and on target. So I think with him, you have to be comfortable enough. You know, and this is looking way far ahead, and I'm not putting any final grades on him. But you got to be comfortable enough with his I don't want to say lack of athleticism, but but lack of you know creativity as a runner. You have to kind of live with that ability. But I think overall. You know, I, I like his game, and to me, at least leaving summer scouting, I think he he's a firm day two grade in, in terms of where he stacks up. I don't think he's quite there round one. I don't think there's enough special tools with him, but I do think he, he's a really good quarterback.
0: Yeah, I, I'm very much looking forward to Devin Leary's um, progress this coming season, his growth, and he's entering his, what, third year as a full-time starter, second year. Um, and and, you know, I think, I think draft Twitter right now, I think people are just looking for like, who's going to be the legitimate QB three. We know who the top two quarterbacks are. And this kind of reminds me of when we were looking at the prospect at the quarterback prospects for 2020 for the 2021 draft. When we had Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields in the summer. We knew they were the, t- we knew they were the top two quarterbacks. We just didn't know who the Q, who QB three and everyone else was. And of course, we end up finding out it ended up being one of the better draft classes at the position in quite some time. Could Leary be that guy that comes out of nowhere and becomes a starter, um, or not a starter? I mean, like QB three or even QB four. So like ends up getting drafted in the first round, something like that. Could he come out of nowhere? Absolutely. NC State's going to be a really good team next year. I don't know how good, but they're going to be good. They're going to be very competitive in the ACC. They're going to give Clemson a run for their money again. They're that good of a team this year. Um, if we see growth from Devin Leary, that game in Death Valley, in. In Clemson, that's going to be a really good game. That's going to be a very interesting game to watch, especially Leary going up against that defense. I know he went up against that defense and did a really good job this past season. But you're going up against that same defense with more experience up front, more athleticism, more depth than there was this past season. So I'm looking forward to that matchup um, later in the season. I want to get to... One of the best players and maybe the best player in college football, uh, Will Anderson, edge rusher, Alabama. Um the, the reason I say he he's the best player in college football is because he's a game wrecker. Um, like absolutely destroyed offenses single-handedly. Um, he just he destroyed Mississippi State when he had four sacks that game. Like he just obliterated them. Um, he had elite level production. 17 and a half sacks, 31 tackles for loss, insane production. And his play matched that production, which you don't see often. Um, he is very sudden, he's violent as a football player. His hand power will blow back offensive linemen, uh, back and he will reset the line scrimmage himself. That's the type of player he is at 6'3, 243, like he. He has good mass. He has, like, he looks very rocked up. I think he can add a little more mass, but his size, like, he just, and his explosiveness is just insane, absolutely insane. Very active hands, always keeping them active uh, when engaged with opposing offensive linemen. Um, He sets the edge well. He squeezes gaps really well. He has good range and a good tackle radius, very good length. Competes for gaps consistently, and just has a, he has such a bill for each box. Uh, very disciplined at the mesh, and um, and I think the thing that holds him back, the one thing that slightly holds him back, is his pass rush plan. See here and there, he have maybe um, a a dip or a rip, a club rip, something like that, but. He won off pure athleticism and just pure explosive power and just overwhelming opponents. Like he, he, he won in so many different ways that it, it felt like that he didn't really have to have a pass rush plan just to get to the quarterback or to get to the ball carrier. He just got there no matter what. And I think that really goes to show his effort and his motor just overall. Um, If he can improve and grow in his pass rush plan, he will be on the level of guys like Chase Young, Nick Boza, and Miles Garrett. We all knew they were elite-level prospects, and they have shown to be Elite level players at the next level. I think Will Anderson can be that if he can develop his pass rush plan even further. Um, he played in plenty of roles for Alabama. He played at four I. He played at five Tech. He played it from a two point stance, from a three point stance. He was the robber at some points. He was he played some will linebacker. Um, he played from a wide nine as well. Like they had him playing in plenty of spots and plenty of alignments. Um, again, very explosive, but what impressed me the most and what just freaked me out the most was how explosive and how sudden and just aggressive he was, um, when it came to stunts and penetrating the gaps, like just unreal power and strength in that body. Like he has incredible athleticism and play strength. So it was an easy watch for me. I watched that Mississippi state game. I was like, that's all I needed to see, but I ended up watching a few more games. I ended up watching the Cincinnati game. I watched the Georgia game, both Georgia games. Um, I ended up, what was another game I watched? I think it was the LSU game. Watched that game. Um, it, those were some of the big games i ended end up watching. I was like, yeah, that this is a guy that can make a tremendous impact at the next level. He can make it even much higher impact to the next level if he can grow as a player. So, Devin, I, I I know you haven't really watched Will Anderson yet, but ha- do you have any thoughts you'd like to share on Will Anderson?
1: Yeah, I mean, just watching him in, you know, passing and, and just watching during the, the 2022 draft cycle, I mean, he's incredibly explosive. You know, he, he's, he's a player that probably could have been the first pick in, in this year's draft. You know, I don't know, a lot of the, uh, you know, the the smoke kind of around Trayvon Walker, I mean, you have Will Anderson, who is not only, you know, a player that was already better than Trayvon Walker. I mean, he just produced 10 times the amount than, than Trayvon Walker did in in what is three, four years of college football. You know, yeah. so with Anderson, you're getting a player that, like you said, you know, pass plan, if that's the one thing that you need to work on. I mean, that's a pretty good spot to be in. You know, a yeah. lot of these guys are <laughs> worried about play strength or ability to stop the run or, or all these different things that are their hand usage. So adding, you know, pass rush moves to Anderson, even if it's just a go-to move or a couple of different ones, we know he's going to get sent double teams this upcoming year. You know, teams are going to have to plan oh, yeah. around his ability to – Get to the quarterback so if he adds more to his arsenal i mean that that just makes him more and more dangerous and gives the teams more to think about at night when mm-hmm. when they're game planning against him so you know i'm excited to watch him in full and, and see kind of for myself but you know i feel like a lot of the the talk around him i mean i don't think this is going to be one of those situations where people overthink him you know no you know, like no did no, no, no. with with thibodeau and some of the other pass rushers i think at this point all he has to do, I mean, even if he has half the production that he had last year, it's still astronomical compared to some with some of the top pass rushes that have gone off the board put up. Mm-hmm. So, for Wenderson, I think he's a, a really fun player and very excited to dive in fully. But, I mean, when you're watching these other – and as I go through summer scouting, it's going to be hard not to focus on what he's doing uh, to these opposing offensive linemen uh, watching some of these other other players uh, during the summer.
0: So, Devin floor is yours now to talk about your next prospect on your list you want to discuss tonight.
1: Yeah, so we have got two more, but but the first one I want to talk about uh, is Utah tight end Dawson Kincaid. Uh, he's a guy that you that played at the University of San Diego uh, prior to transferring transferring to uh, Utah last season and. He and, and the other tie on the Utah's roster, Brant Keithy, probably the, the best one-two punch uh, in college football in terms of the, the two tight ends that, that work so well in in a tandem. I think, honestly, we haven't seen some like that since, you know, Iowa had uh, Noah Font and um, what's other the tight end, other tight end's name? Um, uh, TJ Hawkinson. So I think they're, they're, I don't think they're quite at that level in terms of both are going to go in the first round. But I do think they're really talented in terms of their skill set. And Kincaid, with him, uh, you get a player that's is very well built, uh, you know, someone that's going to play, probably he can play in line, but, but I like him as, as kind of a flex tight end uh, for, for Utah's roster. Does a little bit of everything, plays outside receiver, plays in the slot, uh, plays in line. You know, plays off the ball. They, they do a lot of two and three tight end set at Utah um, and, and really utilize that position heavily. And I think with him uh, specifically, uh, you, you get a player that can really threaten the scenes, uh, has the ability to, to really be a, a plus red zone target, and does a nice job of fighting through contact, stacking his man, especially on the, on the vertical routes, he does a really nice job finding ways to get open. And, you know, a lot of people already have him as a top five tight end, uh, in this draft class. I don't know if I'm quite there yet with him. Um, because for me at the very least, I do want to see a little bit more from him, uh, in terms of blocking and, and I misspoke spoke earlier, he transferred to Utah in 2020. Uh, not in 2021. So you he, he played one in five games in 2020, one catch for 14 yards. But last year he made 13 starts, 36 receptions, 510 yards and eight touchdowns. I, I would bet at least half of those touchdowns came in the red zone just with his, his size and ability to play above the rim. Uh, he had a, a beautiful touchdown. Uh, actually, in the Rose Bowl game, mm-hmm. uh, it was the last touchdown Utah scored in that game to to even it up before Ohio State went and went, went down and, and won the game. But uh, he did he show a nice ability to to adjust to the football in the air, uh, get his two feet down and and score. So he really came on down towards the latter half of the season. Uh, earlier half, they they kind of focused on feeding Keithy uh, the football, but uh, with Kincaid, you you get a really uh, solid height, weight, size type of guy, 6'4", listed at 264, 242. But like I say, he played at San Diego, University of San Diego, uh, and was second team all-conference while he was there. Uh, and, you know, he only played one year high school and, and of high school football as well in Las Vegas and earned all-state and all-conference. So you see kind of that basketball ability too, playing above the rim. He played basketball in high school too. So, Kind of get a little bit of everything uh, with Kincaid. I do think right now I I would say he's another guy. I probably have a probably a a late day two grade on. I think he's in that third, fourth round area where I want to see a little bit more from him blocking wise. I want to see a little bit more um, in in terms of just adding to his repertoire. You know, he's a he's a nice vertical threat, but. I want to see a little bit more in the underneath game and, and especially blocking and physicality was, but, but otherwise, I I thought he was a really solid watch.
0: Next player. I want to talk about um, and kind of, and kind of gave a hint of the team um, earlier um, when we were talking about Devin Larry beating this certain team. Um, It's Clemson defensive end, Miles Murphy. Um, I had the pleasure of, and the chance to see Miles Murphy and the next player where we're, we're, I'm going to discuss here in a few moments. um, Over at Clemson, um, during their home games this past season, I did have season passes at those games last season. And Miles Murphy, I think his best game was against Florida State, and he made a tremendous impact, especially late in that game. Um, he's 6'4". Six foot four, two seventy-five, somewhere around there. Um, he has proto—he has pro, prototypical size for four-four-three defensive end. Um, good hand power, good active hand usage. Uh, offers a good pass rush plan. I think that's something I really appreciate with him, and I appreciate with a lot of these Clemson defensive linemen um, over the last several years is that they are usually very well prepared and they have a really good skill set overall um in terms of a pass rush plan and just being very sound football players um he still needs work in terms of finishing or having that that counter in his back pocket to use if the if the other one doesn't work i mean that secondary counter that's something he needs to work on but he has shown different moves to use um overall um seen a club rib i've seen a cross job i've seen some arm overs like there, there's plenty of stuff in that ar- in that arsenal to use um he does need to get better at fit at finishing sacks like that's something like i i saw plenty of times even at home games where he would he would get to the quarterback like he'd be right there and just would not be able to finish it um either because the pass rusher or not the pass rusher, if the quarterback out of the pocket um, fast enough or he just didn't get home, like simply just did not get home when he was able to beat his man. Um, I don't see it as as an effort issue. It's just more just finishing, just finishing the sack. Um, If he's able to do that next season, I think he's going to have a very productive 2022 campaign. Um, He's a very good run defender. He sets the edge well. He's very – Firm on the edge, um, offers really adequate, good discipline at the mesh point. Um, he has the length and explosiveness to reset offensive linemen, and he's not the most athletic person in the world. Like he is not gonna blow you away with tremendous athleticism like we saw with Trayvon Walker and Kayvon Thibodeau this past season, but he is someone that offers good body control, adequate lateral mobility, and a really nice short area burst. Um, I he can be a very productive edge rusher again this pa- this coming season. This past season he was, I think he had eight and a half sacks this past season. A couple of them came against Florida State. Um, Clemson has used him in in different alignments. They've had him as a wide nine, a five tech, sometimes in a four I, um, and usually with all Clemson players, I think. We see these guys just play with incredible effort, incredible, and just have consistent motors. Like these guys just never stop competing on any, on every snap. Like they just never stop. These guys continuing, continuously, just play hard on every play. I think that's something that I don't think a lot of people talk about when it comes to Clemson prospects. Is that they they bring it every snap, Um, even if like they're tired, whatever they're going to bring in. They have good effort. They have a good motor. Um, I think that just goes to show the, the preparedness by Clemson's coaching staff and how well they conditioned during the offseason. Um, Murphy was, a, was an impressive player to watch. I really enjoyed watching him. Um, he is definitely one of the better pass rushers in this draft class. Now, granted, this is just the second pass rusher I've watched this summer. Um, I have plenty more to go this summer. There's plenty more to watch. I'm excited to watch um, plenty more of these guys. Nolan Smith is another guy on my list I'm looking forward to. Um, but Murphy is definitely one of those guys that I, I really enjoyed watching um, the other day.
1: Yeah, excited to get into the, the Clemson defensive players. You know, I feel like we haven't had, you know, kind of the, the – Prototypical defense alignment edge rusher from Clemson in a few years. Obviously, we had Isaiah Simmons recently and, um, you know, Andrew Book Jr. most recently last year as well. But also had AJ yeah, Terrell. Yeah, AJ Terrell mm-hmm. too. So we see a lot of corners, you know, second level players go off the board. But I think it's going to be interesting to see, uh, you know, not only him, but, you know, uh, uh, the guy you have coming up next. I'm not going to spoil it. Uh, but but the other Clemson defender on your list tonight, so it should be interesting. Uh, final player I want to talk about here is uh, a uh, Boise State transfer. Uh, he played at Weber State for the last couple of seasons, but but transferred to Boise State uh, following his FCS season That's George Tarlis. Uh, he's actually from uh, originally from Greece, and I uh, actually had a, a chance to, to sit down and speak with him, but uh, he didn't move to till he. Uh, He didn't move to America until he was 16. He lived in Greece up until that point, and uh, he only played basketball. He didn't play football at all uh, while he was uh, international. So he only picked up a football uh, at at 16 years old and and joined the football team. Um, And and that's kind of how his football journey started. So uh, he played two years of high school football before uh, getting a scholarship offer from Weber State. He had a preferred walk-in at Boise State. He, he really wanted to go to Boise State, he told me, but uh, he wanted to, to take the scholarship route. So he took, went to Weber State, um, and, and he kind of plays a, a bit of a hybrid role. Like, he, he's a stand-up outside linebacker, but his body's more built to be a true traditional, like, sandbacker or will linebacker. So we'll see what he's used that. Uh, at the at Boise State this upcoming season but uh, really quick first step a very very athletic player who can can get around the edge with quickness use his hands to uh, disengage um, you know does a nice job of of locking out and and disengaging during run blocks he did a nice job uh, you know keeping his eyes peeled and peeling off to to make tackles in the run game Pass rush plan a bit underdeveloped. He does a lot of uh you know swim move, you know, uh, speed to power, bull rush, things like that. But I want to see him get a little bit more sophisticated in his pass rush plan. Um, I think there you show or he shows the, the ability to uh you know thread the inside of, of the offensive lineman's hips as well and, and just does a really nice job putting constant pressure on the offensive lineman, the quarterback. Um, I think with him, he's going to have to continue to beef up a little bit. He's a bit on the lighter side. I think he was, let's say, 245, 250. Uh, but I think he, he looked a little bit smaller than that. And and like I said, I think he's a candidate to maybe turns into an off-ball linebacker. There were times he dropped into coverage uh, on his Weber State film. And uh, probably his best game on film was against Montana State. He did had a really nice uh, day on in that game. Had a tackle and a half or a one and a half tackles for loss, a sack, uh, and a lot of disruption. Also had a decent game against Utah as well. So uh, with Tarlis, you know, I, I wanted to kind of to watch him, especially get on my radar, because uh, I think he's going to have a big season at Boise State, uh, along with my other guy, J.L. Skinner, the safety from Boise. I'll be talking about him on the next episode. But I think with Tarlis, he, he's probably a fringe day three EBFA type of guy for me right now. I want to see what he does at the FBS level, uh, how he plays with Boise State's defense, if he can be continue to be disruptive. But uh, he's a guy to watch in the fall, um, someone to store away and, and to, to kind of keep in the back of your mind. But, but I don't think he's going to be you know, anywhere near the top of his class.
0: Last player I want to talk about, um, and it's another Clemson player, of course, Trenton Simpson, linebacker out of – um, Cle- uh, Clemson University um, I I remember Jordan Reed tweeting out I think earlier today, um earlier Friday. uh if you're looking for a Jeremiah Wusu Moro type of player in this draft class, Trenton Simpson's your guy, but he's bigger, and I think he, he he's a lot bigger but offers the same amount of athleticism which is just freaky stuff. And, and, and it's true. Trenton Simpson is a very elite linebacker. We're not an elite linebacker, a very elite athlete. Um, he's versatile. He played in the Isaiah Simmons role uh, this past season. Uh, played in the box, played split safety, played single high, played nickel. Will, Sam, some Mike, uh, two-point edge rusher two-point stance edge like he he was playing a lot of different spots and i really enjoyed watching simpson's tape i have yet to know uh, no Noah sewell's gonna be the next linebacker on my list to watch and i i'm really excited to see what he offers but trenton simpson if you're looking for a linebacker that can really just do it all um on the second level on the third level that's your guy. Um, he's fit. He's got a really good frame, a lot of length, excuse me. He triggers downhill very well. Good length to stack and shed, uh, blocks, disappointed zone drops, very good spatial awareness. I really appreciated, um, his discipline in, um, in zone drops and just understanding where he needed to be, uh, where to hook, where to drop, um, uh, which area of the field he needed to be at. Um, he, he can match up well with running backs and, and tight ends in the slot. Uh, that, that That's something I really did appreciate with Trenton Simpson. He wins with good football IQ. He wins with range, athleticism, and plenty of versatility. He's very disciplined at the mesh point. I also appreciated that as well. Um, his tackle radius, radius and range, they're all really good. And the, the way he gets to the football is just so neat to watch. Um, and the way he just comes downhill, like against Georgia, like he can't, he was coming downhill consistently. I mean, both teams were playing excellent defense. Clemson still had one of the best defenses in college football last season, even though they had a down year for their standards. But Trenton Simpson, I think, is one of the better linebackers in this entire country. This is a player that will be an impact player and will be someone that offenses will have to account for this coming season. They did last year, but I think with now how Clemson is expected to be a lot better than they were this past season, Simpson is going to be a big time player on the second level for that defense. Um, There were times in space though, where, his technique would get sloppy when he was coming to balance sometimes the angles to the ball weren't really great um and they can they can be better um I don't think he's like the strongest player on the field he, he definitely can bring some pop and I think that can attest to his explosiveness and his downhill quickness uh in the open field but he he's someone that, I didn't just. I didn't really see a lot of power um, at the line of scrimmage. You know, when he when he was having to um, play in run fits, I just didn't see a lot of strength there. But overall, I think he. I think he's someone that can play well. But you can play him in a lot of different areas. You can play him as um, an as a. Big nickel if you want him to. You can play him in the box consistently. You can play him split safety. I mean, a 6'3", 230 split safety, man. Uh, and the way he moves, I, it, he reminds he, – he's similar to Jeremiah Usukormoa. but I think if you're thinking about the type of player he is and how Clemson really used him – he definitely seems like a lot of Isaiah Simmons. Now, Isaiah Simmons, like he could start at safety full time if he wanted to. Um, like he had reps at corner. I didn't see Simpson play any reps at corner, but I think that attests to Simmons being such a unicorn at the position that it really didn't matter for him. For Simpson, he's a lot bigger, he has a lot more mass. Um, he's not going to really match up very well with wide receivers, but if you're if you're wanting someone that can play in different spots and can match up against running backs and tight ends traditionally, like that Simpson's your guy. I want to see I do want to see a little bit more from Simpson. I think he can be a lot better in terms of coming to balance and getting the ball carrier down um, with more clean technique and taking better angles at the ball. But this was a fun player to watch, man. Um, and when I think I, I was able to, I think it was senior night. It was senior day against Wake Forest, and after the game, everyone was allowed to be on the field afterwards. Usually, that's a tradition pre pre pandemic, and it will continue to be a uh, tradition post pandemic. Um I wouldn't really say we're out of the pandemic just yet, but um, but I was able to be maybe. 10 feet away from him on the field, a, a big dude, very big dude. And I was like, this dude is moving like he was whole. Oh, like that's going to be a player to watch next season. Um, definitely some more growth for him to do, as I mentioned before, but I've really enjoyed his tape. I think he's someone that I think will be in the conversation for LB one. Um, assuming he declares for the NFL draft, Evan.
1: Yeah, he, he's going to be uh, certainly at the top of the list. I know there's some, some other guys that, that people are intrigued by. You know, obviously you got, you know, Henry Toa Toa from Alabama, who's who might be in this discussion, DeMarvin Overshone if he continues to, to progress uh, as a linebacker. But, but yeah, he's certainly – I mean, at least I think of the leader in the clubhouse for now uh, to to be LB one of, of the twenty twenty three draft, but still a long way to go. But but certainly the talent is there to be so.
0: Guys, that is the end of our episode for summer scouting on the Draft Up podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with some more prospects for from summer scouting. We look forward to it. Some big names will be coming up from my end next week. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what Devin does uh, for his list next week as well. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you guys next week.